to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 298, The Mind of Evil. My name is John, and joining me every time we hang out in a very loud cell block is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, it's noisy no in here. kidding. <laughs> Super noisy. It's very this noisy. This guy's not how to shut up. Always. It's just always very noisy in here, and we will... Obviously, we will get to that uh, uh, right it, within this episode, but how are you? I am very well. Uh, I am very well. Uh, life is is chugging along. Got over to the coast last weekend, which is always recharges my batteries, makes me a happy, happy boy. Um, yeah. How about you? Love it. Love it. Uh, I am. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing well too. You know. Excellent. Nice. Uh, yes. Excellent. Nice three day three day weekend. <laughs> oh, lucky you. We had, or I had at least. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't can't complain. Cannot complain. Good. Yes. Good. Um, and I, I just, I just want to say thank you right off the bat because you, you have done some incredible work behind the scenes today. Me? Getting, yeah. um, <laughs> you, yes. Getting all night with the living geeks, kind of uh, switched over to Phenomena City Limits. Yes. Um, so that it appears, as best I can tell, is that nobody's going to have to go try to find the show again and resubscribe or anything like that. Plus. You have put some amazing merch uh, up in the uh, the NOTLG spread shop. Yes, for folks to check out, and I'm very excited for people to see that. So, oh yeah, it all looks very cool. Looks very awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was a lot easier than than I thought. I think the only thing like that we can't change is the just the name of the RSS URL, which is fine. Okay. I'll have to ask you later if that means I should download a different thing off the FTP or just what. Or... You should just down just download the there. We'll get to that. That's like behind okay. the scenes stuff, I guess. Yeah, don't worry about that, folks. Don't, worry <laughs> don't about folks. Don't, don't worry look about the it. Curtain. Just know, just know that there's some cool new merch, and uh, yeah. everything is a okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're you're welcome. It wasn't as. Uh, as painful as I thought it was going to be. It was, well, that's good. It was quite easy. Um, yeah. Well, Taylor, uh, what's yes. making us uh, happy this fortnight? Well, aside from that, mm. um, which is definitely making me happy, um, and I, I, I need to remember to ask you if you want to join us next Monday night to record, because having a soundboard would be really handy for our show topic. But the 20, 29th? Second. Oh, the twenty second. Yeah, twenty yeah, we'll ninth is you and it, you and me recording. Yes, that's right. Um, well, let's see. Obviously, making it to the coast. Uh, you know, spending time with the fam, doing that um, was always fun. Um, I have to say, I um, there was a slight delay in one of my Christmas presents. Oh, um, and uh, it. You know, I buying stuff from people on the internet. It's it's shipping and communication delays and whatever. Yeah. Um, but round about the time of my birthday, I had made mention that um, there used to be this guy or a couple of guys on the East Coast who were making tiki themed um, 
shift knobs and horn buttons and dash knobs and stuff for VW buses. Um, and they made parts for bugs too. Um, and uh, they disappeared. Oh, like, just, yeah. Like I had some stuff on my, on my last bus and uh, you know, didn't, didn't hang on to it when I sold it and I probably should have, but mm. you know, say lovey. Um, but it was always one of the things to be like, Oh man, it'd be so cool to see that stuff again because it was really neat. Nobody else was doing it. And this guy in Southern California, I don't know the story behind it, but he got a hold of these guys old stock. Oh. And started selling the rest of it off. So at my birthday I got a shift knob and I got a horn button. Um and for Christmas I got a set of um valve stem caps okay. that are all tiki heads nice so i've got i'll have red you know tiki heads on my tires um and then the dude threw in a um a turn signal switch oh cool knob so i've I've got that to install so that's, that was pretty cool um what else anything else um no just excited for phenomena city limits to hit the scene and uh come together i'm very excited for our first topic uh it's uh it's kind of a creepy story i kind of wanted to talk about it on our last show Mm. last october because it's got some kind of bizarre phone calls that there's actual recordings of oh yeah which is uh which is okay search search up gary sudbrink and then just like set it aside in a window for after we're done recording that's our topic um and yeah, it's 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 creepy. Oh it's really, really, really no, cool. I know I know this. You, you know the story? Yeah. 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 Oh boy, yeah. This um, is... and yeah, between me and Seb, there's been some interesting research done and some interesting parallels made to some other stuff historically. So yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Oh geez. Yeah. Going I, to be a good one. I remember this. Yikes. All right. Well that's right. pretty cool. What's making you happy? Oh boy. Uh um, uh it's, so it's been like two weeks i guess it has since we recorded yes um what the heck uh have i have i done i don't i don't know what 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 have i done with my life what have i done with my life that's that's a great question <laughs> oh i know what is making me happy so we recorded on the first of the year and then Correct. uh i did my my favorite um beginning of the year ritual which is to stay up all night to watch um new japan pro wrestling's wrestle kingdom mm-hmm. um if you follow me on twitter i was live tweeting it at all hours in the morning um and my favorite wrestler tetsui naito won the main event and hey. won the title and he got to do uh his roll call which he didn't get to do last time he won the title so his his uh destino has been fulfilled and all of us naito fans can now finally rest uh because he has taken his his place among the greats there you go so uh that's making me very happy um not going going to bed at 4 30 didn't make me happy but that's fine Oof. that's fine it was worth it um what else is making me happy what else is making me is that it i don't i don't know oh you know what else um I, I this is making me happy as in I saw uh, the book of Clarence last night or I'm sorry. Oh, okay. F- yes. Yet last night. Uh, that movie was mm-hmm. very, very well done. It was very good. I highly suggest everyone go see it. And obviously the other thing that came out on Friday 
10 new episodes of Bluey. Uh, that's also parents watch them as well. Now I, I, I think after we finish this call, I will watch the last episode. I haven't watched it yet. I've watched everything else. Um, Oh, Although I, I should mention, since we're on a Bluey topic, um, Perrin did want me to let you know that if you go online, there are some um, Bluey character generators, and you could make yourself your own Bluey character. Whoa! I might do that, but also I <laughs> might make Camilla and Henson, because I think that would be very cute. Oh, that would be very cute. Um, but now that I know that is, the, please pass along my thank yous. I will. And I, I will, will send you any bluey uh, characters I make. <laughs> so you can send them along. I, I like uh, I like I love that show. Uh like I would probably like if anyone talked bad about that show, I'd probably fist fight them. Like so which what, is not what, what, what Bluey would do. No, but what you're saying is that twenty twenty four is gonna see the Bluey cast uh come to <laughs> NOTLG. The blue I mean, it, yeah, we could do that. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I told you about oh. my muffin shirt, right? Yes, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but you told me about it. Oh uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta bring that to galley. Yes, definitely be a galley shirt for sure. So yeah, that was great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much everything that's making me happy. The blue, the bluey, the thing about bluey was I play games with my niece on uh, on Saturday. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, have you guys watched all the Bluey episodes yet?" And my sister was like, "They've watched them all multiple times, like all mm-hmm. ten episodes." I was like, "What? Oh, wow. Okay." <laughs> I'm like, "I guess I have things to do. I don't know." Like, but yeah, they've watched it all. They've, they've, nice. Uh, yeah, very very cool. Love that show. Fantastic. Anyhow, yeah. another show I love is the show, which is Doctor Who. Yay! It is. And we have some Who news. We do. Yeah, yeah. We've got one one last batch of uh, Gallifrey guest updates. Oh, we should also share the exciting yes. news that, um, you know, I felt like I had dropped the ball. And God bless Sean Lyon. It's an absolute gift to fandom. Um, yes. When this update dropped, I was like, oh, crap. It looks like they're going to have the sked ready soon. So I'm like, I need to email Sean right away. And I was like, dude, I am so sorry I dropped the ball on this. But can we possibly do the podcasters meet up again? And separately, can I be the one to request a like a Whovians Hutiki meet up by the pool? Oh, if at all possible. <clears throat> because look, if you've never seen the pool at the LAX Marriott, it is very mid-century modern. There's yes. palm trees. There's, it's like it's perfect. Yes. Weather permitting, of course. We'll see how that goes. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. You're fine. You had you had plenty of time. We just put the word out today. So I already had the podcasters meet up. Like, oh, I love it. On my, on my notes from last year. And I was like, dude, love awesome. It. Fantastic. Thank you. And he's like, yeah, no problem putting the pool thing together. And I was like, dude, you are a legend. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So both of those will be happening. We don't know when yet, but we will announce it when we know. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Um, but I, a handful of more guests, Kevin McNally, who uh, you may remember from the twin dilemma. Yes. Or you may, may remember better as uh, professor Jericho. In yes. three Episodes of the flux season. So. so excited. This is yes. a great guest. Uh, yeah. Professor Jericho was, I think, one of our more favorited characters. 
Oh, definitely. Said, I loved him, and I was glad that he was he was along for the ride, not just in the in the um, the Angels episode. He was just there the the whole time. And oh yeah, yeah. Twin Dilemma. Let's go. I'm, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, and it's 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 amazing. I did not realize because they list some of the other stuff that he's done here is that he was actually in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles that I remember watching oh. as a kid on I God I think it was ABC like way back in the day. Maybe it was NBC, but huh. uh, yeah, you know he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean series. This like he's been in a lot of stuff. I'm like this is really cool to have him here. So, uh, joining him will be Jay Griffiths, who played uh, Jack Gate Stewart's uh, unit attaché mm. in The Magician's Apprentice in the Zygon Invasion. Um, she's also done some work for Big Finish. Love it. And uh, Robert Strange, who probably has one of the best last names in history. Yes. Um, he's a creature performer and puppeteer. Uh, and he did some work in the Star Beast as a Rarth warrior. Oh. Yep. Um, believe it or not, he was also, uh, he did some droid puppeteering in that famous Star Wars movie <laughs> you haven't seen yet. He did it. Uh, so it says he's done it in uh, Rogue One and Solo, two yes. movies I have not seen. You haven't seen Solo? No. Solo is fun. I liked it. Uh, I liked it. I'm sure it, when I eventually watch them, I will love them, but <laughs> you know. Um, and and also uh, writer, editor, and producer currently running the Doctor Who short trips and Blake Seven ranges for Big Finish, Peter Angelides. Nice. So we've yes. got all of them coming. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Um, if you oh, well, if you're hearing this, uh, it's too late for t-shirt and tote order bag or tote bag orders because that closes right now, now as we're recording. Yeah, literally now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, schedule events should be up next week. So by the time we record next, we can probably tell you yeah. uh, when, when the meetups How are. How our happening. schedules look. Um, links are in the show notes. There's a daytime programming preview with a bunch of different stuff going on. Uh, so very excited for some of that. I'm trying to see if there's any like things where I'm like, oh no, I have to see that. Um, <laughs> ah, anyway, I will. Well, I'll look and talk about it next time. But yes, go check that out. Uh, it sounds like there are still some tickets available. So if you're, you've are you been on the fence and you're like, eh, I, don't know, I don't know, probably too late to get tickets. It's not too late. No, not too late. Yeah. Um, in other news, um, excited about this one because obviously I'm a huge Tom Baker fan. Season 15 is going to be the next season to get the Blu-ray box set. Yes. Treatment. Um, seven disc set. Woo. So I'm talking 1977. These are, um, uh, let's see, which stories are we talking about for this one? Horror Fang Rock, The Invisible Enemy, which we've recently done, Image of the Fendall, yes. uh, The Sunmakers, which I know we both absolutely loved. Yes. Um, Underworld, we'll see how the uh, CSO gets. Uh, remastered perhaps <laughs> um, hopefully it looks just as hokey though yes. um, and the invasion of time so but let's see what will they have in the way of bonuses um, updated special effects exclusive to blu-ray on the horror of fang rock i know that the whole um oh my gosh i've completely forgotten the name of the creature in horror of fang rock but that totally gets an update oh i saw that i saw that in the trailer yeah um anyway there's a look at the life and career of producer graham williams uh matthew sweet sits down with louise jameson 
Um, there's a whole making of the horror of Fang Rock. Um, Tom talks. Love this. Tom Baker yes. uses on life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. I, I have often said I could listen to him read the phone book and be perfectly happy. So well, there maybe you go. He, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe uh, exclusive new audio commentaries from Tom Baker, rare convent convention footage, uh, rare archive treats, which treats jelly babies. Maybe Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yes, tons and tons of stuff. That is definitely one of those things that goes on to the birthday and Christmas list for me because that is an easy way to get a hold of those. Yes. Um, and always just such a wealth of fun stuff. Now, John, when we last recorded, mm-hmm. we had some interesting thoughts about our dear Mrs. Flood. Yes. So does Cult Box. Yay. Not surprisingly. And so um, they kind of walk us through a little bit of their, I don't know, their logic. Um, okay. And I'll and I'll just kind of, you know, hit the high points as we go through here, right? We first see Miss Flood. She's complaining about it. Hasn't seen one of those in 50 years, right? Yes. Um, and they, they, they speculate, are we meant to think she's unpleasant or sketchy? It does seem paranoid for her to accuse Abdul of placing the TARDIS there. Um, when Abdul asks why she's suspicious of him, Mrs. Flood pulls the most sinister face we see her make and says, because you've never liked me. I've seen you looking. Um, now, of course, uh, for some reason, I don't know why I don't remember this scene. I don't know why. Maybe it's just life's busy. I looked away for a second. But of course, Mrs. Flood's coming home from the shops one day. The TARDIS dematerializes right in front of her. She's totally shocked, drops her bags. Huh. Um, okay. You're having a reaction too, because do you not remember this scene either? I'm sure I just, I'm sure it happened, but I feel like I would have brought that up. Thank you. I feel like I need to go back and like zip through the episode yeah. and go, where was the scene? Because why don't I remember it? Yeah, I don't. Do I have goblins to blame for this? I don't oh, know. Maybe. I don't know. But so, uh, you know, they, they note that after this thing, Mrs. Flood undergoes a remarkable change in her attitude. True. Um, and so the, uh, uh, the article goes on to speculate. Here we go. Um, at some point after this exchange, uh, Mrs. Flood suddenly knows all about the TARDIS, if not the doctor. Right. Yes. So it's, it's um, remember, she asks, you know, who he is. And he goes, oh, no one just passing by. And she goes, well, you take care. Yeah. Can it be that the doctor recruited her for a mission or did she know all along and pretend not to? In a program about time travel, the doctor can come back to Minto Road anytime and enlist the help of someone who seems friendly, ever present and watchful of everything that goes on in the neighborhood. There is possibly a hint of this in the Doctor Who video commentaries for the church on Ruby Road, which thank you, UK. We're not. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know. How would we ever watch that or listen to that? I know. Right. So anyway, Russell T. Davies confirmed Ruby's mysterious origin story will play a key role in the 2024 series and that there will that there were people, excuse me, at the church where Ruby was found as an abandoned baby who we haven't seen yet. The Valyard. No, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I am all for that. Why not? 
Um, so he says the story we're kicking off here about the adoption having been fostered and then adopted and then being a foundling actually runs throughout the entire series. This one's quite a fable, the foundling on the church doorstep in the snow. Again, people, don't put your freshly swaddled baby directly on the snow. Yeah. That will suck the heat out of their little teeny tiny bodies. Uh, he says that story then continues into the series. We come back to that church. There's all sorts of things. There's a lot more to come. Um, there are people in those scenes that you don't know were there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Um, so we will definitely see more of her. Yeah. I thought I saw something in here that said we would see her in episode four, but I do not see that now. No, it's so at don't... the end. Yeah. She filmed. Oh, is it? Is it? We will see more Miss Miss Flood since Anita Dobson filmed scenes, scenes for, for episode, episode four. four. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. I know that I know that I had previ- previously wondered if maybe you know Ruby is you know in a in a loop where she's the one to deliver herself, but maybe <laughs> it is a maybe it is a younger Mrs. Flood. Maybe who knows? We'll find out. I guess who knows. That's right. That's right. But it won't be tearing me apart in the meantime. It's tearing me apart. Uh, I said it won't be tearing me apart, Turlo. It is. <sighs> He's so dramatic. Um, (laughs) and as if we didn't already have it confirmed, Doctor Who is definitely taking a step into the supernatural this season, which I'm 100% here for. Yeah, I'm down. Why not? not? And we absolutely have the toy maker to thank for this because Russell T Davies said that for my first time writing Doctor Who, this is an unashamedly supernatural character. That was built in the original Toy Maker. He turns people into dolls. He makes them dance at a dance floor. There's an invisible game. He's a magician. Yeah. It's a whole new world for Doctor Who, and it's a very big step the whole program's about to take. So at one point, uh, Shudi says there's a whole bunch of mythology that Russell is bringing in. There's a whole pantheon full of different villains and lore and mythology that is bringing into the show. It's just very exciting and very indicative of the new adventures will be going on in the show, which I'm totally here for. Obviously we had the, you know, you can't cross the line of salt. Yeah. We had that superstition and that, that is, you know, pulling in all of this craziness. Um, like for example, in SFX magazine, uh, both shooty and Russell mentioned an actor on set playing the boogeyman. That's right. The boogeyman, not boogie fever. That's different. Interesting. Right. Terrifying mythical creature, obviously, that adults tell children will visit them if they misbehave. Um, will we get some Hansel and Gretel stuff? Who knows? Some, um, um, what am I thinking? Grimm's fairy tales type stuff. Oh. Yep. Yep. And at one point, uh, uh, Millie Gibson, in an interview with 1883 Magazine, which I've never heard of before, probably oh. does not focus on the fashions and styles of the year 1883. Um, She says, I think the series, in my opinion, becomes very Black Mirror in a way. I think people will really love this new era. I am so far, Millie. Thank you for asking. Oh, have you Um, seen? I don't know if this is the cover of the 1883 magazine or if it's just mm -hmm. her photo that she has uh, for the article. It's very, it's very good. Is that? Yeah, it's, it's very good. I highly suggest everyone go check out. The photos that are that are in this—they're all fantastic. I'll look that up in just a sec here. And in Doctor Who magazine five ninety nine, uh, it was revealed that the band in which Ruby Sundays plays keyboards is actually called the Red Notes. Oh, 
I have no idea what that has to do with anything supernatural, but they tacked it onto this article. There you go. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not, indeed? So, if I can get my thing to come up here, um, this last article is a little misleading at first. If just looking at the title, it says Doctor Who's new streaming home has been a huge success. And I was like, yes. The Disney Plus thing is working <laughs> and people are getting all excited and all like, hell yeah. And then the subtitle is it turns out when you put most of Doctor Who in one place and make it easy to access, people will watch it. And I'm like, oh, we're talking about the Hooniverse. We're talking about the iPlayer thing. Huh? And yes, we are. But get this. Now I almost brought this up last time and I didn't have the article handy, but I do remember reading that Doctor Who Christmas specials have been so popular and mean so much to people that it actually has shown that there is a trend of uh, fewer, I think it's fewer suicides or fewer yes. suicide crisis yes. points or crisis moments. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm lacking the language here to describe it um, in the UK, which is amazing and, and awesome. Um, now, as an example of that, Right, BBC has announced that Doctor Who, and most specifically the modern series, was streamed more than 10 million times over the week, the week between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. That's wild. That that's huge. Yeah, that is fantastic. Um, I I I hope that no one, I hope that not a single person in all of the BBC goes and says yeah nobody really likes doctor who nobody watches it that much what are you talking about yeah <laughs> um because they do they do oh millie gibson has a big old thing of chips yes how great is love that it. Love it. <laughs> i love nice, that picture there's a ton of photos of that cut fries yes. oh man yum yum i want some fries now oh maybe tomorrow yeah well good maybe good job Anywho. bbc iplayer you're so great yep <laughs> Now, 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 can we possibly get it? Yeah, just come on, figure it out. Yeah. Ugh, all right. Anyway, shouldn't be that hard. Anywho, anywho, there this, you go. This week, oh my goodness, I started scrolling. Oh boy, we uh, we watched the Mind <laughs> of Evil, starring John Pertwee as the Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, Nicholas Courtney as the Brig, and Roger Delgado as the Master. It was written by Don Houghton and directed by Timothy Combe. It first aired January 30th through March 6th, 1971. And it is yeah. the second story of season eight. And we have a, uh, a monstrosity of story notes brought to us by the fine folks over at the TARDIS Data Corps. Wow. Yeah, that's a monstrosity, I feel. It, that it is. there, And I will be completely honest with you, there are so many more story notes. I bet, yeah. On the entry for this story. So yeah. if, if you want more, go and look. Yes. Anyway, we love a good working title. This episode didn't have any good working titles, but they were The Pandora Machine. Okay. Okay. Man Hours. What? <laughs> huh? What? What? All right. Okay. The Pandora box. Okay. And <clears throat> going to get a little possessive here. The Pandora's box. Oh. Don Houghton, I'm starting to question his judgments, disliked the new title. 
the new title being this one, The, the Mind of yes, Evil. Yes, The Mind of Evil. I mean, that's better than... All of those. Yeah, than all of them. Is it even referred to as the Pandora machine? No. Okay. Then. It's referred to as the Keller machine. Yeah. Weird. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the main plot about the mind control device was something writer Don Houghton intentionally included as an homage to a clockwork orange. <laughs> okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's right? interesting. Um, and oopsie, the mind of evil went somewhat over budget. Thanks in no small part to one of Dr. Who's rare usages of a real helicopter in the concluding episode and unimpressed Barry Lutz therefore withdrew director Timothy Combe from his informal director's rotation, and Combe never worked on the program again. Oh, boo. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, when the doctor and Fu Peng are speaking Hokkien, a dialect of Chinese, English subtitles appear on screen. This is a first in Doctor Who history. I was going to ask that, and uh, I appreciated that we we got the subtitles yes but then i also appreciated that we didn't get the subtitles just to i guess feel as left out as the brig did during the conversation (laughs) i loved that that was a lot of fun yes yes indeed uh the production team jokingly dubbed the unconvincing chinese dragon we will talk about this. Oh, boy. Into which Captain Chin Lee appears to transform in episodes two as three as Puff the Magic Dragon after the title character of the song by 1960s trio Peter, Paul, and Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, director Timothy Combs subsequently used only brief shots of the dragon in the finished program. Yeah, oh, boy. And woof. with good reason. Woof, woof. And with good reason. Yeah. Katie Manning named this as her favorite story. Uh, we're going to get into that, and I can't imagine why she would <laughs> say that. Uh, I know, right? We're going to get into that. That's sarcastic, folks, but we're going to get into that. Yep. Uh, In a rarity for the early 70s, and let's be honest, the mid-70s, and looking at you, Tom Baker era, Mm. Chinese characters are played by Chinese actors. Yeah. Uh, This was largely because Timothy Combe hated actors in Yellowface because he felt it was unrealistic, and rightly so. And then then this man was promptly fired from the show and never allowed to direct again. Hmm, seems weird. Yep. Yep. Uh, Christopher Kum, who played Chinese delicate Fu Peng, was cast at the last minute when the original actor, whose agent, whose talent agent, was Christopher Kum, (laughs) was considered by Timothy Combe to be unsuitable. Now, fortunately, Christopher had done some acting before turning to agency work and hurriedly learned the lines. (laughs) That's, That's wild. That's right, dude. You just you're not suited. We're gonna make your agent act in your place. <laughs> like yikes. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, get this. Don Houghton's then wife, Pixen Lim, played Captain Chin Lee. Oh. She was in the early stages of pregnancy at the time, no less, so her costume was adjusted. <laughs> okay. Um, but here we have a director who prefers, you know actors of the correct race playing the correct roles. Yes. And we have a writer whose wife is Chinese on top of that, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Um, in the original script, Joe was subjected to the Keller machine and her greatest fear turned out to be bats. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yes. Not fire, not a giant John Pertwee floating. In the air. <laughs> that... Oh, wait till we get to that. Yes. Where do you see the, sh- the uh, episode art for this episode? Oh, boy. It's going to be good. 
So originally the color machine was simply going to just be a machine, but during rewrites of the episodes, Terrence Dix noticed that due to plot holes that resulted from the editing process, it, meaning the machine, seemed to be acting like a self-willed living thing, and he decided to go with that. All right. Fair <laughs> Works enough. for me. Yeah. Works for me. I like it. Uh, the production team were loaned a real but unprimed Bloodhound 2 SAGW <laughs> missile for use as the Thunderbolt from the 36th Heavy Air Defense Regiment out of Horseshoe Barracks in Shoeberryness, Essex. In addition to a number of troops who would play the Master's Men, eight Marines had also been made available for the Dover Castle sequence. Amazing. I know. Hey, uh, can we borrow that missile, you guys? <laughs> sure. Uh, Timothy Coman hoped to film inside a real prison, but was denied permission by the Home Office for security reasons. Like, we can get that. Yeah. So Dover Castle doubled as Stangmore. A line was added to episode one where the doctor explains to Joe that Stangmore had originally been a medieval fortress, explaining why it looks like a castle. Good call. Good call. Yep. All yep. right, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us, so Whew. take it away. All right. Well, strange things are afoot at Stangmore Prison, while simultaneously a peace conference in London is beset by espionage and murders. Mm. Oh, and a dragon for a very quick moment. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that the Master has developed a tool that not only sucks the evil out of people, but it also causes the Doctor <laughs> to make the most insane faces, like proper gif-worthy faces. Yes. Oh, loved them. What ensues is a mad race to stop the Keller machine from, I guess, achieving sentience and killing everyone by teleporting everywhere by dream sequence effect. And we hope you don't mind the mind of evil. Oh, boy, Taylor. Um, <laughs> overall feelings on, on, on the mind the mind of evil here. Man, I, I, I will be honest. I really rather enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it fun. Is, it was it was fun. There's a lot going on, and at times it kind of felt like the peace conference completely got forgotten for a while, especially because Unit was supposed to be doing security for them. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if maybe it was like you know the C team or the D team that got left behind while all the A team you know went off to Stingmore. But anyway, um, anyway, I really rather enjoyed it, not necessarily for the plot or for the story, but for the absolutely wacky faces the John Pertwee pulls. He, I'm, I have some of those faces guys. up right now, and they are, yes. they're amazing. They're so good. Yeah, they're so good. Um, and and almost the the kind of friendly rivalry vibe we get between three and the master yes like this is one of those times that, like we, we've we've gone like i think about sasha dewan's master and jody yeah where it's i mean especially coming from the master it's highly antagonistic i want to destroy you basically yes like like the master always kind of wanted to destroy like he was even talking in this story about like, well, I'm, I'm going to set off this missile. I'm going to blow up the peace conference, you know, war is going to, end. I'm going to just take over whatever is left of earth. Right. But at the same time, he's got this machine getting out of control yeah. from him. And he's not above going to the doctor being like, okay, look, I need your help. Yeah. And I feel like this is, this is a very like classic who kind of thing where mm -hmm. it's not just this, Serial. I feel like there's been other ones where he's been like, hey, man, I messed up real bad. I need some help. Yeah, like, I feel like I, there's I, been at least one or two other instances. But I mean, for the most part, it's like, I need you to help me 
uh, because you are my captive. But there have been some parts where it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, yes, yes. Th- there have been you know instances where there's there's been this captive element to it, but but you get this feeling that it's just like. Uh, you know, like it's like this collegiate level, like, uh, bro, I screwed up, man. I need, I need your help. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. like we we stole the other team's goat, and now it's chewed up the headmaster's couch. Yes, it's and stuff you help like me that. Fix it, you know, it, and it's it's completely that kind of thing, and it is just. I don't know. I like watching that. I would love. I don't know if like the master and the doctor could ever get to that vibe again. I mean, I I kind of agree with you, but I think they could. I think they could do it again. I just yeah. don't. I just don't know how they would do it, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, they I can figure it out. But yeah, Wishful yeah, I do absolutely love their like their their little banter back and forth, and their yeah, their little like friendly rivalry kind of stuff that mm-hmm. they have going on throughout this. Um, totally. I <laughs> we need to talk about Joe. Yes. And you said in the you said in the notes that um, this is Katie Manning's favorite story. I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like it's because she was a total badass throughout this entire uh, entire serial. I mean, I'd say at least sixty percent chance you're right. At least sixty percent. There, Taylor. There are some moments in here where I, she is channeling. The spirit of our of our patron saint. I, there are yes. multiple scenes in which Joe is just like, "How do I get out of this?" Well, I better karate chop this guy and hit him with a pan. Yep. Um, how do I get out of this? Well, I better take this man's hand, hit it against my knee, so his gun goes off and shoots his his cohort in the leg, yeah. <laughs> and then steal his gun. Yeah. Um, uh, there's yeah. there's no denying that the that the third doctor's error was supposed to be kind of a an answer to James Bond films. Yes, you know it was supposed to be you know action and adventure and not as much like aliens and planets, but we still got lots of aliens and the planet we mostly got was Earth. Yes, um, and we got lots of Roger Delgado, which is totally fine. Um, but yes, we do. We get we get Venetian karate. Yes, uh, a couple of times in here, uh, we get um, Joe. Yes, being an absolute badass. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. Um, and it is it it is absolutely fantastic in that sense. I would say that I would go so far as to say that if Duggan is our patron saint, if if we needed a a secondary saint. Yes, this is you know of yeah. the same vein. It would absolutely be Joe. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like I was, I was just like, wait, this is crazy. Yeah, and I, I don't even think I managed to get everything that was Duggan worthy written down in my like Duggan notes. So I may, I may need some help here. Yeah, I, I remember a cut a couple of instances, and they're like, I think the the gun. To the dude's knee, mm-hmm. and then it go <laughs> thus firing it into the other baddie's leg, and then s- stealing the gun. That is just like I've got all the machinery I need. Like that, yes, <laughs> that's like yes, that's where we're at. And I was like, no, wow, this no is, disagreement this there. Is wild, yeah. Joe, I mean, 
great episode. Let's be honest. The, the doctor also does some great stuff. Like he flips a table. He straight up flips the table <laughs> to get away. Yes. Yes. I love that. Fantastic. Uh, and also, um, who else is just out of, con- well, I feel like we're getting too much into, uh, in, in, into our Duggan scale, into already. our Duggan scale already, okay. but Yates okay. also Fine. does. Uh, he like uh, bless you, Yates. Yes, shout Sweet. out to Yates. This was a yeah. a great Yates episode as well. Mm-hmm. This is a great mm-hmm. Yates uh, episode and a great Yates or uh, and a great Benton episode. Even yes. though he was kind of just like, oh, oh, I fell asleep, and the Briggs like Benton. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> it felt like a bit of that. It, it felt was... like Brig was doing that a lot. Honestly, yeah, yeah. There's a lot as, of that. As, as as they're trying to be sneaky and and espionage. Oh yes, but yeah, it did feel you, you know. I know as you said, it was supposed to be like this whole era was the answer to James Bond, and I don't think anything felt more James Bond ish than uh, Roger Delgado sitting in a car listening to a radio, smoking a cigar. Yes. <laughs> Yes, although I it, speaking speaking of this gorgeous Jaguar limo, yeah, uh, that the master is riding around in, I would like to shout out our chauffeur, yeah, uh, because the poor guy has no lines. No, I mean, yay, thank you, casting an actor of color, but he has no lines whatsoever. Yeah, uh, looks like somebody who could have been in like a Roger Moore Bond film. Yeah. Like he's got like an an air about him where like he's seen some stuff, but he knows how to keep quiet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no lines whatsoever. So I just want to take an opportunity to shout him out. Do we know by chance? I assume he might be an uncredited. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think to look. I'm trying to find here the master Francis Williams, the master chauffeur. Okay. Shout out to Francis Williams. Heck yeah. Oh, he was also um, in the Time Monster, apparently. Oh, nice. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I mean, is is this the first? I I would be interested. If that's a story note. Is this the first time we see um, the Master smoking a cigar? I, you know, I don't know. I just I thought that was like very that was very interesting. Yeah, it's a little different, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. Well, I don't know how to spell Roger, so there we go. You're going to hear all my sounds and stuff while I try to type and find this <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, I would be interested to know if that was like the first time we see, because I don't recall in our viewings him, because I, I thought to the point where I think he was smoking it again later on, and I'm like, this cigar is mm-hmm. going to be his undoing, isn't it? <laughs> like he's going to accidentally light something on fire. Oh, and speaking of fire... Can we please talk about the waste bin that um, she's like, somebody stole the files. And, you know, it ended up that she stole the files. Chin uh, Lee, she burns them. And then yes. she puts them in the most unsafe waste basket I've ever seen. There's no um, bag, which is probably better because it was a thing that was on fire. And there's yeah. just dry leaves all around it. It's yeah, like this is just this like. Is... Could you imagine if she does? She does that. Walks away. The building burns down, and the master's like, "Well, I guess that's fine. <laughs> I guess you good job destruction. I don't know. Yay, more chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was definitely one health and safety should have had a uh, yeah a say in <laughs> yeah for sure. 
Um, I think obviously we have to talk about the mind of evil, which is the yes. it's the Keller m- machine. The Keller machine, as the master is using uh, a a, a um, not pseudonym, um, an alias. There you go. That's the word. Thank you of Emil Keller, Professor Emil Keller. Um, and he has created this machine that is supposed to revolutionize the, the prison system. And we will literally suck the badness out of people. And they, they do it to one guy who I thought looked really, really familiar. And I'm like, who is this actor? What have I seen him in before? His name's Neil McCarthy. Oh, the, um, uh, he plays, um, oh goodness. I wrote his name. He plays Barnum. Barnum. Yeah. Yes. And, um, he did nothing- look familiar. Right? So he was in Time Bandits. He was also in Clash of the Titans. Oh. Um, So I I probably recognize him from one of those two, but he was also in a a very famous, um, I think it was World War II uh, movie set during World War II called Where Eagles Dare. Oh. Pilots and stuff. But I'm pretty sure it was Time Bandits or Clash of the Titans that I, I recognize him from. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Right off the bat, this seems like an awful idea. But now we know, you know, as it, as it goes on, it's like, oh, it's because the master. It's okay. I got it. But as as time goes on, it's proven it is a terrible <laughs> idea. A, like, but off the bat, it's like, oh, we have prisoners. We're gonna uh, remove all the bad from their brain with this machine. Well, but, and the doctor rightly goes, well, where does it all go? Oh, can we please talk about? The doctor basically like this is how the doctor would be in a classroom. Yes, where he's just like loudly talking and not caring about <laughs> what the person speaking is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that. I thought that was very, very funny. Yeah, um, and and completely spot on too. Yes. Um. And oh, I mean, this is going to be a bigger conversation, but we do have to mention the sound mis- mixing in this was out of control and i it it, the only part that it was like extremely bad was when they were in the um the jail yes where it was just like loud chatter that it was like i can barely hear the dialogue i'm supposed to be able to hear yeah right so they obviously they were like we we need to show that things are chaotic at this prison um and of course it ramps up anytime that the machine kind of activates because it's triggering everyone basically um how do we show that it's a prison and people don't want to be in prison let's just have people be as loud as flip yeah it was it it was just very distracting i'm like okay like i get that it's probably always loud in there but can it be less loud so i can actually hear the dialogue you wrote yeah and i'm and i'm watching it with headphones on so it's just oh geez kicking it down a few notches oh yeah. Um but yeah, so the Keller machine. Um very interesting. I mean, we remove all of the evil from uh from this poor poor guy's well, I guess not poor cuz he murdered a guy, but it seemed like it was an accident. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, I guess. But Barnum yeah. Barnum is basically just like they I think they're like he has the mind of a child, which I don't know is yes. actually true, but uh, uh... he just seems very confused. And does yes. not really seem to be a threat to anyone anymore. Yeah, although I, I do, I do appreciate like Barnum's arc in this story. You kind of just at first are like, oh, well, he's just you know, he's just the test subject. You know, he'll he'll probably meet his end, 
at some point, you know, by way of the machine or something, and he doesn't. And then it turns out that because he doesn't have any evil left in him, he can approach the machine and not be affected by it. Yes. Um, and, and then that, yeah, that nice plays arc. into the whole like resolution of the story. Unfortunately, he gets hit at close range by a car. Yeah. By, by the master in, in a van. Yes. But it's like from a standing start, he's just standing in front of the van and the van just hits him and it somehow kills him. Yeah. I mean, I think British cars are a little more, more flimsy than that, but whatever. He, yeah. He'd probably fold that car. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, he's, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, but yeah, that that's a good point. It was a like it was a very cool little uh, story arc for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the killer the killer machine. Um, I think I want to talk. So we have some very interesting. Uh, it it shows you your greatest fears, and basically you die from them um, unless you're it. Somebody comes in and goes, "Hey, what's going on?" And you're and then you're fine. Um, yeah. And apparently it can also teleport, which is uh, <laughs> extremely scary. Um, and, it, and it teleports using the dream sequence. From Wayne's Wiggle. World? Yes. Yes. And then it also, I, I also did like the effects we did get where it was like, it would just completely murder people. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Complete, and, and, and murder them by like turning them and everything around them into a manga. Yes. Yes. Basically. I don't even know how else to describe it. Like That's everything goes good, all yeah. extra black and white or high contrast. Yes, or, it's it's pretty you know. crazy. But um, we got to talk about so some of the some of the dreams we have. I believe the first guy's uh, killed by uh, rats, quote unquote <laughs> rats. Second person, I believe, is killed by by waves of water. Oh yes, yeah, because they're like he drowned. And there's no water around. Yes, <laughs> and so first guy had a morbid fear of rats second guy uh had a morbid fear of water which i think maybe they should have explained by a morbid fear of drowning because mm-hmm. that guy must have been very smelly and um, thirsty and thirsty yes oh my goodness um anyway so we i believe the next person that it affects is the doctor as i recall yeah so i'm curious because this might not fit into the timeline but the doctor, seemingly at first, I'm like, okay, so he has a fear of fire. That seems really weird. Um, but it's 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 late. I think it's not even later. I think it's it's just the next uh, episode where he explains that it was a world a world burning and he couldn't do anything about it. Yes. yes and yes, then yes. later on, when it affects him again, we get the Dalek voices. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, and I was like, is this supposed to be Scarrow? Oh, is, I hadn't thought or is about that not correct in my timeline. Ooh, I'm not sure. So in in the wiki, it says he sees images of foes from his past, including a Dalek looming towards him. Now, I only recall seeing a Dalek. Um. That's all I seem to recall seeing clearly, but again, my screen was the size of my phone. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's safe to say that the doctor, for as old as he is, probably has many fears and has many things that have scared him and given him terror over time. I mean, yeah, fair. You know, I don't, 
I, I think I know where you're going with this. You know, was 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 Scaro burning? Yeah. I, um, I don't in know. In some story somewhere, whether we've seen it or not, maybe very maybe. And yes, I'm making very maybe a term. So. Very very maybe. Very maybe. Maybe that needs to be our alternate title. Very maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to also see what other people think. Is it like somebody just says it, it was? The reason the Daleks showed up is because the Daleks were popular. I'm like, okay. I mean, which is, you know, also, not, also, no, also not wrong. No, not wrong, but also like, I need more meaning behind that. But yeah. So we get, and you mentioned the, the, uh, I'll jump her to his crazy faces throughout. Oh, uh, we this. get some great cliffhangers. Oh, the, there are some very good cliffhangers in this in the story, and at least two, if not three of them, involve John Pertwee making some bonkers faces. <laughs> yes, I mean the first one is the is the fire. Um, yep. I believe the third one is with the fire and the Daleks. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there's um, there is another one, but I can't remember what I, it is. I literally have a note at the end of episode three that goes, "Are we getting another goofy faced cliffhanger?" And it goes, <laughs> "We are." Um, we need to like. There is another like fear, which um, I guess confirms that dragons are real. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have unnamed American delegate. As I call it. Yes. Him. Oh my gosh. And and can we just note that accent? Yeah. Yes. The Brits American accent is always the same. I feel like this is the same voice that we hear in like a seventh doctor story. It's a little bit southern and a little bit New York all at the same time. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. That's exactly what it is. It's great. That's how it we is. sound. Yes, that's how we sound. Can can confirm. Uh but <laughs> so we lure this um unnamed american delegate into the hotel room um at the uh request of the master who is literally just trying to drive the world into chaos by murdering delegates from around the world before a peace treaty it's like an epcot center of death (laughs) yes instead of drinking around the world you're murdering around the world there you go so you know we invite this guy in we turn on the machine or whatever and He's like, uh-oh, dragon. Um, and so it ends with him like seeing a dragon. And it's like, oh, so he's just like scared of the idea of dragon. And this is kind of where I feel like it varies. As in everything else, it's just been like hallucinations and they're, they're dead. Mm-hmm. This one was, oh, and he doesn't die, right? I don't believe so. I think they enter before he yes. he dies, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we see the dragon. That's the cliffhanger. Then we come in back in the next episode, and I believe it's um, Brig, the Doctor, and their new f- well, the Doctor's new friend because he doesn't like the Brig. Yes, they yes, all the enter thing. the room and see this dragon. They see it. Mm-hmm. And then um, yada yada, it turns back into um, Chin Lee. Yes, yeah, so it turns back into Chin Lee, and I'm like, wait, what? But I think there's a throwaway line where um, the doctor says it was a shared illusion or something like that. But that works. Which I'm like, okay, but uh, we got to talk about this dragon. Yeah. Um. It. Uh. I mean. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the one still. I didn't take any stills when I uh, was uh, watching this, but the one still. I I don't think it looks 
bad. Does it look bad? Let me bring up a picture of it real quick. It, I mean, I mean, it, uh, it, it, it looks like somebody put some amount of work into it. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it looks fine, but I guess like for what they used it for, I, I'm also like, okay, that looks fine. But if they were planning on using it for more, maybe it would have been very silly. Yeah, it, it, and you gotta, I mean. This looks like a dragon that you would have seen at Happy Hollow in San Jose. Uh, yes, and I love that reference. Yeah. Ten Thank points you. to Gryffindor. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Excellent. <laughs> it is very. It 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 doesn't look terribly menacing. Yes, its mouth is open. Yes, it has teeth. Not a ton of teeth, but it has teeth. Um, it, but it, but it, it it looks like somebody who's really good sculpted it out of clay. Yes, it's it's soft around the edges. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, it's not horribly menacing. No, not um, at all. So if it was supposed to be, you know, big, bad, scary, you know, dragon, it's not coming across that way. No, absolutely not. Um, now, granted, this is the same era that gave us Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Yes, it is. Where we've got some very floppy, puppety-looking dinosaurs busting through walls like the Kool-Aid Man. Yes. So I, I don't see how this, you know, is really all that different. But yeah. for what it's worth, you're right. Somebody probably put a good number of hours crafting this guy together. Um, and it gets used for it's like oh, maybe a minute at at, at most best, yeah i would say it probably gets maybe 15 seconds of screen time yeah or at least that's what it feels like yeah at least um and and then it's gone and it doesn't come up again and no. yes whether shared illusion or if like me i just like to believe that chinley has supernatural powers and can turn into a dragon yeah um yeah oh well but you know what? Maybe we just need to film a, a a fan episode of Doctor Who at Happy Hollow instead. <laughs> Maybe. Oh man, Happy Hollow. Love Happy Hollow. Yeah, great place. Um, boy, oh boy, what what else is there to really touch on here? I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, I feel. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've we've kind of covered the high points we've yeah. covered a lot of this so there's some crazy flipping camera work oh like, yeah they are rocking the camera back and forth yep. they're zooming in and out while they do it it is bonkers yeah um and um you know what i will say when i think it's episode i'm pretty sure it's episode five and the prison riot uh yes kind of kicks into high gear and unit is showing up and and um there is quite the shootout this story has quite a body count yeah it does um, like there's one point where the the brig is announcing that this base is now under unit control and the mic or the megaphone gets shot out of his hand and then he turns around and shoots the guy who shot his megaphone off of a, a wall to his death yeah it's wild yeah. there's lots of gunplay throughout the and that's just that episode i believe yeah, an episode I'm, back or two there's also another shootout in the that's when joe uh does that crazy thing that i said right. earlier yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think even in episode five, there is an implied headshot. Oh, yes, the guy who gets shot and it makes he looks like he's in the middle of sneezing. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Pertwee wasn't the only one making hilarious faces. <laughs> During that, that shootout with Unit, there were a lot of like very funny death faces going on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, worth worth noting that as as the story goes on and the peace conference is all forgotten about and everything is focusing on Stingmore Prison and this missile that gets uh, hijacked. Yeah. Um, and, and all of that, it, it honestly gets violent. You know, it is pretty wild that we just kind of abandoned the peace treaty. Uh, the whole conference thing. The whole conference. It just, it, it just goes into the background and then just kind of... It's just gone. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. I guess the master was just like, well, that part of my plan is cooked. (laughs) I mean, I guess after, you know, after they, they get Chin Li back, uh, without the little, uh, mind control thing that Mm -hmm. the master, it's kind of like a moot point, I guess. But she's also connected to the machine in a way. You so, would think it would still have some sort of influence on her. Or she would be able to help. Or uh, something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? But the writer probably went, well, that's all right then. <laughs> well, that's all right then. Probably. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about the master's fear. That's what oh, we didn't talk about. Yes. The master's fear, which is, I am assuming, the doctor. Or the giant floating ghost of the doctor laughing at him. Laughing at him. And why would the doctor be laughing at the master? Is there some sort of inadequacy that isn't addressed here? That I no, ass- no, let's not go there. I mean, I I assume he he his fear is that the doctor does not respect him as an adversary. There you go. That is why he is laughing and at him. Isn't that really at the end of the day what every villain wants, just to be respected as an adversary? Yeah, I believe I believe that is <laughs> the case. I believe that is the case. All right, I think um, I think we're uh, oh, and Brig Brig was great throughout. I think I think that needs that can go without saying. Oh sometimes. yeah, I mean, and and when oh, and he the ending is, line. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I was going to say, and, and when when he's in disguise. Yes, and, and and playing what like the delivery guy. Yeah, I love it. That love was it. great. Loved that yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, the ending where it's basically like the master gets away with um the doctor's um oh goodness the dematerialization circuit. Thank you. He gets away yeah. with it with that, and then <laughs> it's basically like <laughs> enjoy your exile. Which is just like such a mic drop on the doctor from the master. <laughs> yep. Have a good time. And then I love that the final line is basically like the doctor saying, well, I'm just stuck here with you. And the, and the Briggs like, yeah. And then it ends. <laughs> I'm like, great. Wonderful. That's some good stuff. Uh, stuck here on earth with the Brigadier. <laughs> yeah. All right, we, we got any other last slides before? I feel like the uh, the Duggan scale is going to be a, a this is going to be like our TED talk here. Yeah, let's hit it. All right. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> um. So we have. Uh, let's just let's just go 
over what Joe did first because there's a lot. Yeah. Um, we have first and foremost for me is, and I'll just state it again, grabbing the gun hand of a man, hitting it against that man's leg. No, hitting it against her leg and it firing and shooting a villain in the leg and taking the gun. That's like high up on the Dill or the, uh, the Duggan scale for me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we had prison fights. Which it's just yep. like, you know, flip it. We're going to fight. Um, yep. We had gun, crazy gun shootouts uh, with, with as I mentioned, the brig just shooting that guy off of, uh, off of the tower. Just a lot of shooting stuff going on. We have Joe and the doctor tag teaming those dudes with uh, just punching them and doing karate on them and hitting them with, um, what did they want? Was it? Uh, it was a, what meal? Oh, it was like breakfast or something. I think so. Yeah, because I've got a note here. There's Doc and Joe smashing that guy with the breakfast tray. Yes, I believe what actually happens is the door opens. Joe punches that one of them and then hits them with the tray and then gives the doctor the tray. And another guy's like, "Hey, what's going?" And the doctor hits him with the tray. It's just great. <laughs> it's a <laughs> great little scene. Um. Oh boy, what else? We we get some obviously we get some Venusian karate. Yes. Um we the, at one point Yates flips a dude over he, a chair. Yeah, he he uh, and it was particularly impressive. And I don't he, remember exactly what. And it was all like he grabs him. I I don't know what kind of uh wrestling hold I would call it, but he grabs him like around his neck and pulls him over. Yeah. It's great. It's a great thing to, yeah. to see. I was like, "Whoa, great!" Um, and if then, I re- if I remember right, at one point the master gets not only karate chopped, but karate chopped, and then left with the Keller machine. <laughs> yes. So it's it's insult to injury. It's like yes. we we have karate chopped you, and now we are leaving you here with this machine that is going to cause a giant ghost of the doctor to laugh at you. Yeah. Yes, and I think he also gets karate chopped at the end as well. I think that happens to him twice, doesn't it? Wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. <laughs> Love it. Um, and not to mention, we have a giant explosion at the end. Oh, yeah, we do. We have a giant explosion. Love it. Always a good thing. I feel like there's one that I'm I'm missing. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I feel like there's another one. And, I mean, I guess the master running over a man with a car. Just like, yeah, that doesn't. Str- I mean, that's not really dug in. That's just it, like, well, no. I mean, to take care of the problem, it's very just like, I'm in this car. I might as well run him over. Uh, I don't really think that's gonna send me over any. Uh, it's gonna, that's not gonna push this over the edge of anything that I was gonna read. No. I'm I'm honestly gonna go. So if if the highest scale is dug in at a ten, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. Nine and a quarter. I'm I'm at a solid nine. Love it. Yeah, this is. I think this is at least. It's not a perfect ten because nothing can be as perfect as Duggan. But although it, we have had a couple of tens, have we had tens? We have had tens. I think we. I think we've had two, and I don't remember which stories they were. Uh, off the top of that, so don't ask. So me. if I know it, we've had them, yeah. But if oh man, if we've had other tens. I don't know if I would go perfect ten on this though. I, I my my 
gut really feels happy with a solid nine. Yeah, I think I'm good with like a nine, nine and a quarter. I think that's good. That's very high. Yeah, it is. It's very high on the rate. We, 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 we have had some excellent episodes that we have totally enjoyed, but when it comes to the Duggan scale, get like a two or a three. No, yeah. Because there's not a lot of Duggan-esque action to it. Yeah. It's not a judgment on the episode. No. It's a judgment on, on how Duggany, how Duggan-arian yes. the action is. And this story had a lot of action. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's check out what's uh, behind this couch here. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the coat scale. <laughs> hey, Taylor, what do we what do we think of there? I, you know, I don't think the story is particularly scary. Um, I, I I think even for younger viewers, just like having to like watch the whole mind control aspect, since there is no, I can't say that there is no villain, right? But when when like your your main villain, and I'm not going to say the master is the main villain. When your main villain is a machine, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not all that scary. Now, part of the reason it's not all that scary is obviously it's black and white. Yes, um, because the, it, it originally I think was released in color, but those tapes were all lost. Mm-hmm. And for a while, this was a missing story. And then yes. they recovered the episodes, but they only were able to recover them in black and white because certain markets overseas or something, they were like, we're not ready to handle color yet. We need them in black and white. Yeah. And so that's why it still exists in black and white. Anyway, um, I think younger viewers will kind of tune out with the black and white a little bit. I think they'll tune out with kind of this intricate plot for a while. Um but again, by the time you get to episode five, it gets kind of violent. So that is something to be aware of. Yeah. But there's not really anything kind of scary going on. There's there's not, um, you know, there's no big scary monsters. Yeah. There's a dragon for a little bit. There's That's a dragon. Not scary. It's, it's, a, it's a cute dragon. A little cute dragon. Just <laughs> hanging out, having a good time. There you go. All yeah. right. Well, so next time. In two weeks' time, we will be watching The Ark, starring William Hartnell as the Doctor, Peter Perves as Steven, and Jackie Lane as Dodo. Um, I I read the, the uh, s- not the synopsis, I feel like I read, like, this is what happens here, and then this happens, and I went, oh, that's cool. So um, I'm very interested to watch this. Um, it's a four-parter, which I'm very thankful for. And <laughs> t- Taylor, I I went to the um, you know our little like episodes to watch that we have yes. left, and it yes. is um, it's getting slim pickings. Isn't it? <laughs> it's really wild. I know we're this is episode uh, two ninety eight, so mm-hmm. I I think it's just wild that we're two away from three hundred, but it's also wild that I think we only have four tom baker stories left what is yeah. it that few at least for, from what i was smokes. looking at uh the uh i can't remember what it's what the art what the yeah when i was looking at it earlier it was like i actually filled some in because there were some that we have done that yeah weren't. so i filled some of them in and then i went oh boy we're we're getting there we're also pretty i feel like we're pretty close on 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 pertwee as well um we've still got a few and they're of course all longer yes they're all very long and also for some reason 
I feel like we watched a bunch of... Oh, no, we watched people's first episodes, not regeneration episodes. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's why I was like, we didn't watch Planet of the... Spiders? Yeah. Yeah, we still need to do that one. We'll get there. We will. We will get there. Well, until until then, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ThePodcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At BusBuddha71. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Please rate and review us as well. You can also just head on over to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Um, and head over to, I've already forgotten the new address, but I actually here. did. Hold on. I've nope. got it right here. There it is. I see it. Head on over to N-O-T-L-G.myspreadshop.com. Com. Um, that is our Spreadshirt Shop store. It's just like, I really wish they'd figure out the URL, right? Yeah, I, w- I wish it wasn't so alliterative because <laughs> I'm going to trip over that a lot. Yeah, Uh You can find brand new merchandise up there, and you can find uh, our, our St. Duggan merchandise as well. Which is also pretty yes. new. We have a lot of new merchandise. You can just go check it out. That's awesome. com. Oh, boy. Uh, and then patreon.com slash NOTLG if you would just like to donate monetarily to keep the SoundCloud running, which in turn keeps the show running and up on the various things yep. that I told you to subscribe on. You know the deal. Uh, also, continue to shop locally. Do it. Yeah. Do Support it. Support those local businesses you love. Yes, please, and thank you. All right, so that's it for us uh, this week. Join us again next time when we talk about the arc, and we'll see you guys then. See ya. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, we already screwed it up. All right. <laughs> Bum.